1: It's time for Tales of Terror, only on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated R and is recommended restricted for anyone under the age of 17.
0: You're listening to The Breeding Mound by Mitchell Lutie. Performed by Scott Miller and Anna Capraro. Produced by Citadel Studios for Sentinel Creatives. Diedrich bellowed, his head fixed on the wiry man standing behind Björund. His shoulders rippled, his jacket rolling like the wind through pines as he dropped his flintlock and knapsack to the ground. He barked out a low growl, and before Jens could stop him, Diedrich was lunging forward, his arms extended before him, hands like claws. Bjorn's eyes widened as the enraged veteran barreled past, a long step followed by a short one in an attempt to reach Axel.
2: He's not worth it,
0: Jens grunted, grabbing onto the hem of Diedrich's coat.
2: Come on, Diedrich, let it go. It's your
0: fault, Diedrich yelled, pointing a finger at Axel even as Jens dragged him back.
2: If you hadn't deserted, if you hadn't abandoned us, Eric would still be here.
0: Their younger brother had taken Axel's place in the line. He'd been the youngest in the group, hardly more than a boy, and the officers had let him hover in the back for the most of the war. But when the call-up had come, and Axel was nowhere to be found, Eric had taken his spot. And it had cost him his life. Diedrich tried to shrug off Jens's grip, but this wasn't the first time he'd lost his temper and Jens knew to hang on until the storm had passed. For his part, Axel just stood there, meeting the barrage of curses and accusations with a blank stare, his hooded eyes red-rimmed and empty.
2: Axel?
0: said Bjerund, finally stepping between Diedrich and the deserter, his palms held open.
2: But this is our dear Thomas. He's never seen the army, let alone the war. You must have him mistaken for somebody else, yes?
0: See, (laughs) said Jens, feeling his brother's shoulders relax beneath his hands, still wired and ready to spring, but no longer tense with the prospect of violence. He did look different, Jens thought, now that he was no more than a breath away from this Thomas. His jaw was narrow, like Axel's, but his skin had a faint yellow sheen to it, and his eyes were set deep inside his gaunt face making him appear closer to the skeleton of their old friend than the man himself. But there was something else. Axel had always had an air of confidence about him, an arrogance that made Jens want to rattle his teeth. Thomas was a weed in comparison.
2: Let him deny it,
0: Diedrich spat, shrugging off Jens' grip.
2: I want to hear him say it. I'm afraid that's not
0: possible, said Birund with an apologetic shake of his head.
2: Our Thomas is a mute.
0: Diedrich's temper had calmed by the time they reached their lodgings, ebbing back like the pooling waters of the Odense Fjord after the first winter storms. Birun pointed them to a steel bath and a wash house, and promised to collect them for dinner before leaving them to clean up. He had waved away Diedrich's attempt at an apology with a smile.
2: No, boy. Save your apologies for those who have never felt their blood boil or their hearts sing.
0: The room Bjerrand had shown them to was small, with a flat roof and two beds. An old rug covered the dusty floor, and a solitary window stared out over the town. Fauderbjerg. Bjerund had called it. A distant memory stirred in the depths of Jens's mind. There had been disappearances. Hunters who had gone missing in the forest, never to be seen or heard from again. But Jens knew of another story too. One that had sat less well with him than the idea of missing hunters when he'd first heard it.
2: It is him,
0: said Diedrich, interrupting his thoughts.
2: What? Axel. I will never forget his face.
0: Jens turned from the window, facing his brother, who lay sprawled on his bed. His dirty boots were still on his feet, staining the covers with muck.
2: Why would Bierund lie to us? said Jens. Diedrich shrugged. Maybe Axel is his kin, or the kin of someone who lives here. You heard what he said about passions. Perhaps they are what drive his life. I won't pretend to know his reasons, only that dear Thomas is the bastard Axel. And if you're wrong, you will have the death of an innocent man on your hands and a rope around both our necks.
0: His brother sneered. You think of me
2: as a beast, brother. Some criminal who would slit the throats of those who offer us shelter and break bread with us.
0: Jens rolled his eyes.
2: I suppose earlier you had no intention of harming him, is that it? When I had to pull you away before you could sink your claws
0: into his neck?
2: I never said I wouldn't hurt him.
0: (laughs) Diedrich chortled, an ugly grin on his face.
2: I'll beat him black and blue until he screams my name to stop. And then the fools that live here will know he is no mute.
0: Jens was about to dress his brother down with a fiery rebuke, his patience finally at its limit, when his head snapped toward the door. He raised his hand to silence Diedrich's laughter, peering into the gloom. What is it? said Diedrich, sitting up on his bed, his laughter forgotten.
2: Someone's outside,
0: Jens whispered, slowly drawing his hunting knife. He motioned at Diedrich to keep still and took a cautious step toward the door. He had heard a soft scraping sound, like tile slabs being pulled across the ground, and a gentle click, like long nails tapping against stone. But when he looked out of the door, there was nothing. No sound of retreating footsteps, no figure disappearing into the shadows, just the empty gloom and the soft glow of the town lights.
2: Your hearing hasn't been the same since us,
0: said Diedrich, still staring out through the door. He sounded uneasy despite his words. Aye, said Jens, slowly relaxing his grip on the knife's handle.
2: It must have been a rat.
0: But there were no rats in Fauderbjerg, he thought, closing the door. Only Björund and Axel and their smiling kin. As promised, Björund collected them for dinner on the last toll of the night bell. Jens had bathed in the cold water of the washhouse and had scrubbed his skin until it was nearly raw, shedding weeks of mud and grime beneath the hard brush and soap. There wasn't much he could do about the state of his uniform, though, and he'd felt a moment's shame when he'd pulled his shirt over his head and smelt the sour stink of musk and sweat that must have clung to him like a swarm of gnats. Diedrich had swept his hair back with some wax he'd found in the washhouse and had even managed to trim his beard. He ignored the look Jens gave him when he stepped out of their room and started limping toward the town the moment the smiling Bjerund appeared on the path.
2: Eat, drink, sleep, and then we're going home,
0: said Diedrich over his shoulder, his voice low so Bjerund wouldn't hear.
2: These people smile too much.
0: Bjerund's smile never left his face as he led them through the town, "'chatting amicably as they walked.
2: "'That there is where the remains of the first lindworm were found,'
0: "'he said, pointing to a row of hedges that ran along the fence to a neat garden.
2: "'A great serpent that crawled up from the well and ate all the children, "'some adults too, if you believe the old wives' tales anyway. "'And there my grandfather told me where he caught his first niece.' "'I could never tell if he was feebing or speaking the Lord's truth. "'He used to say, "'Bierund, treat the little folk kindly, "'or they will treat you poorly, and that will go the worse for you.' "'Your grandfather was a Christian?'
0: Jens asked, giving Diedrich a look.
2: "'Oh, yes,'
0: Birund replied without pause, his thick-lipped grin growing wider.
2: "'But that doesn't mean he didn't still hold to the old tales.' There are truths in them, too, even for a Christian. Before we Christians ran the pagans out and forbade such things, there was a peace between us, if only for a little while, a gentle balance between we who gave unto the Lord that which is his and to the gods that which is theirs. There is no contradiction
0: in that. Jens exchanged another bemused look with his brother who simply shrugged and shook his head. Following Diedrich's lead, Jens decided to keep quiet too, not wanting to offend their host, for contradiction was all he had heard. Jens had expected to dine at Björn's home, to quietly sup while the town head asked them questions about the war and their plans. Now it was over. But instead, Björn led them to an old longhouse, complete with a thatch roof, and old walls made from wattle and daub. Runes covered the wooden frame of the entrance, and Jens recognized them as Old Norse. Fresh marks had been carved into the wood more recently, a Christian cross, a Danish flag, and a few Jens had not seen before. He paused on the steps outside and stared at the nearest marking. The curling, artistic flourish of the symbol reminded him of pages from the Muslim holy book he'd seen at the National Museum when he was a boy. And yet, there was something more pressing about its shape, more ominous. Come on, said Diedrich impatiently from the step behind him.
2: I didn't wash up to stare at lines in wood all night.
0: Jens snapped something back, but then took the last step up and pushed open the longhouse doors. Warm air rushed out to greet them, and a wall of noise, laughter and clapping, and the first notes of a violin on the other side of the hall. Jens immediately found himself salivating at the aroma that accompanied the sounds. Fresh bread and stew, garlic and spring onion, fried butter bread and pickled fish. It smelt like home. A young girl appeared in front of Jens, her blonde hair neatly folded into a marigold braid. She stood no taller than his knee, and he was reminded of the flower angel from one of Hans Christian Andersen's tales his mother had read to him and his brothers growing up. Jens smiled down at her until she waved a hand at him, and Diedrich's dry cackle broke the spell. She
2: wants you to close the door. We're letting out all the warm air you don't.
0: Birund slammed shut the door, and the girl gave Jens a bright gap-toothed grin, and skipped away toward the rows of benches that filled the hall.
2: Let's find you two a seat then, said Birund, and fill those empty pellets of yours.
0: He led them toward the nearest bench, sitting them down between a pair of dark-haired farm girls around their own age and one of the few elderly couples Jens had seen since they'd arrived. The girls took one look at him and Diedrich and started whispering and giggling to one another. Jens felt his face flush red when he caught the eye of the nearest of the two. She was fair-skinned, with dark hazel eyes and a crown of flowers set upon her thick curls.
2: I won't tell Inga if you don't
0: said Diedrich with a grin. He dug his hands into the nearest tray, breaking off a hunk of bread and offering it to Jens.
2: There's nothing to
0: tell, said Jens, taking the bread with one hand and ladling up a bowl of soup with the other. Fresh carrot, onion and turnip, but no red meat. He stared down the table, seeing it absent from the spread. The feast consisted entirely of food that could be pulled from the ground or taken from the river, but nothing hunted nor slaughtered.
2: Not yet, anyway,
0: said Diedrich, tearing into his own piece of bread. And then, between mouthfuls...
2: You think she's waited all this time for you? Or has Hannes managed to lure her into his bed in your absence? He always had an eye for her, and maybe she for him. She has promised herself to me,
0: said Jens between gritted teeth. His brother's taunts had always gotten under his skin, but when it came to Inga... He was particularly vulnerable, and Diedrich knew it too.
2: It's been a long time,
0: Diedrich continued, that nasty grin of his appearing as he finished off his bread.
2: Who knows? Maybe you've got some bastards to raise when we get home, eh? Two of Hannes' wretches to call your own? Shut it,
0: Jens growled, a hard edge in his voice. But Diedrich was enjoying himself now.
2: Do you think she'll have named one after you? He sniggered. "'Round-headed, with Hannes' bent nose and your name.'
0: "'Diedrich let out a sharp grunt as Jens's fingers pressed into his leg, "'digging into the skin just above his knee, "'where the shrapnel had turned his muscles into mints.
2: "'I told you to shut it,'
0: Jens whispered, "'his eyes fixed on the couple across the table, "'a thin smile on his lips. "'The cold edge in his voice had turned to steel.
2: "'Yes?'
0: Diedrich croaked. "'His eyes were starting to water,' and a bead of sweat made its way down his forehead.
2: There will be no bastards when I get home, and not talk of them until we do. Agreed, brother?
0: He turned to look at Diedrich, who was nodding fervently, the pain writ across his sharp features. Yeah, we are, then. Birund bellowed above the chattering voices and Diedrich's groans, slamming two flagons of lager on the table before them. Jens gave Diedrich's knee another squeeze, eliciting a muffled curse from him, and let go.
2: Fjöderberg honeylager,
0: Birun declared proudly, not noticing Diedrich's red eyes or Jens's sheepish grin.
2: And what meal would be complete without a tot of aquavit?
0: A pair of glasses appeared beside the flagons, filled with a sun-kissed liquid that seemed to glow in the light of the room. Jens raised a brow at Diedrich, who had gulped his aquavit down without pause, and was now sipping on his lager contentedly.
2: What, no toast?
0: Diedrich snorted, his eyes still laced with pain.
2: There's nothing left to drink to. Only reasons to drink.
0: You've been listening to The Breeding Mound by Mitchell Lutie. Performed by Scott Miller and Anna Capraro. Production copyrights for Sentinel Creatives.
1: one knows where he comes from. Some say he's not a man. Some say he's a force. Not of nature, but of something more primal than that. He's the acid taste of vengeance you can't quite swallow down in a town that's besieged by fear, an unbreathed regret. Others say he was a man who wouldn't rest until all the pain in the world was fed back to those who minded out of others. He's only known by one name. From county to county, in the hours past dawn and in the haze-filled air, you'll see him walking towards you if you keep secrets, if you harm folks. He's the Drifter, and he won't stop till Sorrow's End. A Weird Western Series from Jeffrey Billard starring The Drifter. From Audio Groove Cats and the Amigo Collective. Coming 2023. Only on Mutual, with Episode 1, Before a Wind.